Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Quick review from last week. We just finished up chapter 1 when Peter and the disciples, they chose Matthias and Jonas. I have a feeling I'm not planning on wrestling this microphone. Right, there we go. Now, last week we saw in, at the end of the chapter, Peter had the inspiration or the idea uh, to replace Judas. We saw how Judas, how he betrayed the Lord, and we saw what his ending came to. And um, to keep the twelve... Peter decided to uh, cast lots, came up with a couple of good, few good ideas of what qualified somebody to replace uh, Judas, and they had to be with Jesus his entire ministry from the time he was baptized to the time he was ascended into heaven. And so there was only two men that qualified, Jonas and Matthias, and they prayed, and then they cast lots. Or they drew straws. And Matthias was chosen. And you know, there's often times where we feel a prompting that we need to do something for God. And we can get ahead of the Lord. Uh, We, you know, sometimes we try to say, you know, well, I've got two options. And we realize that the Lord actually has a third option where we never even realized. Is how many says the Spirit of God, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, Ephesians tell us. But to those with the Spirit, they're revealed. Amen? Praise God. And so this idea that they had and the way they went about choosing Matthias, it was before the Holy Spirit was poured out. Now, there's an interesting story about this real fast. In Numbers 11, real fast, is a scripture that I wanted to get to last week, but for the sake of time, we'll go over it tonight. Numbers chapter 11, I just want to show you this concept of how sometimes when we're, we mean well, we're trying to do the things of God, we're trying to do what we think is right, we've got two logical choices, and we kind of put out a fleece there and Ask the Lord to, uh, you know, to bless it. Now, there's a story in Numbers chapter 11. Say amen when you're there. And we're going to be looking at uh, verse 4. Now, this is the story of when the children were in the wilderness. And it says in verse 4, Now, in the mixed multitude, there came among them, or there fell a lusting. Say, fell a lusting. In other words, their flesh started taking over. Um, I like what one preacher says. They had a fit of carnality, all right? And they fell a lusting. And it says, and the children of Israel wept again and said, 
Who shall give us food to eat or flesh to eat, the King James says. Who will give us something to eat? All right. Sounds like my house after church on Sunday afternoon. We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely and the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. So they look back to Egypt. That's a mistake. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. Now I find it amazing how they decided to grumble against a supernatural provision from the Lord. We know the story of manna. It was manna sent by God. It rained down from heaven. It came from heaven. All right. Now, Jesus compared himself to this man. It didn't in his ministry. He says, I am the bread of life. Amen. And how many times, you know, as a Christian, as even if we've been a Christian as a newborn babe or maybe even worse, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, you know, Jesus isn't enough. Jesus isn't enough. The bread of life isn't enough. We long for things that we had in times past. And that's what these guys were doing. It says their soul was dried away. Notice it says, and all we have is what? Before our what? Our eyes. So the second problem is, they begin to look backwards and then they begin to look with their natural five senses. Seeing in the natural instead of in the spirit. And the manna was coriander seed and the color thereof was the color of bedulum. And the people went about and they gathered it. Now look at this in verse 13. He says, where shall I have flesh to give unto these people? For they are, this is the Moses crying out to the Lord because they're complaining to the leader. How many know, you know, it's always, you know, the leader's fault, isn't it? Everybody always wants to blame the leader. If something's going wrong in your life, they want to blame the leader. Something's going wrong in your marriage, they want to blame the church. Something going wrong with your kids, they want to blame the church. No one wants to take responsibility that the, actually the problem in your life is that you're carnal and you're looking to the things of Egypt instead of the things of God. Amen. And so now the leader is crying out to God and says, what am I to do with these people? Where am I going to get meat or food to give them? We're in the middle of a desert. Where am I going to get this? And he says, I am not able to bear all this alone. Because it is what? Too heavy for me. Too heavy. And that's a, natural, that's a natural cry from a leader who loves God. And you'll find in the ministry you can't do it alone. And God has never commissioned one man to do it alone. Amen? He says, now, look at verse 16. So the Lord said unto Moses, gather me 70 men, the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be elders of the people. Now, we saw in the New Testament last week that elder is not an office or a position. It is a man of character. It is a mature man. Now, age is not necessarily the qualification. Paul told Timothy, do not be uh, intimidated by how young you are, okay? 
But usually when you speak of an elder, you speak of a man with character and experience. Now, there could be a young man that has plenty of experience and he would qualify as an elder. But most of the time, the people with experience to lead in crisis will be people of a mature age. Now, verse 17 And I will come down and I will talk with thee. And look at this. I will take the spirit which is upon thee. Everybody underline the word upon. I will take the spirit which is upon thee and I will put it where? Upon them. All right? When the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2, where does it go? Does it go inside the believer? It comes upon the believer. Remember the three, the, three minutes, uh, the three parts of the Holy Spirit? He will be with you, in you, upon you. Now, in the Old Testament, because the blood of Jesus hasn't paid for sin, the Holy Spirit couldn't dwell in man. The Holy Spirit could come upon man, but he couldn't be in man. Amen? Now... He says, I will take the spirit that is upon thee and I will put it on them and they shall bear the burden of the people which thee that bear it not thyself alone. In other words, I'm going to raise these men up. I'm going to put the Holy Spirit upon them and they're going to help you lead. All right. Now, look at verse 18. He says, now say unto the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat flesh or eat meat, all right? They, they were eating bread, and they wanted some flesh to eat. They wanted steak. They wanted something, something besides the manna. And look what he says. Who shall give, they say, who shall give us meat to eat? It was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you Meat and you shall eat. Verse 19. And you shall not eat it one day. You're not going to eat it two days or five days, neither 10 days or even 20 days. But you will have it for a whole month until you caught it coming out of your nostrils. Amen. So that's the Lord's answer. You want meat? You're going to eat meat for so long, you're going to be sick of it. And boy, that's a way to cure it. I remember the biggest fear I had as a, as a new parent with five daughters is Barbie was my biggest fear. I thought, oh my gosh, I hate Barbie. I said, how in the world am I going to deal with Barbie? I got five girls. Man, it was a miracle. Not a miracle. I don't want to make light of that word. But it was so awesome because my mom sent more Barbie on one Christmas day than I've ever seen in my life. My girls actually, you could see them sigh, oh, oh, Barbie. They actually had so much Barbie, they were sick of it. They had Barbie coming out their nostrils. And they were so tired of Barbie, they never asked for Barbie another year. I never had to buy Barbie again the rest of my kids' lives. It was so awesome. They were so inundated with Barbie. I never saw so much magenta pink in all my life. 
I mean, the house was covered in it. And it just happened one Christmas. That was it. And after that, no more Barbie. It was awesome. And so he said, this will, so back here it says, you're going to eat meat for so many days, it's going to be a loathsome to you. Because you've despised the Lord. And nobody, how many know that's like that? You know, we run away from God. We go after the things that we think will make us happy because they used to make us happy when we were in Egypt. But let me tell you something. When God brings you out of Egypt, the things that made you happy in Egypt will not make you happy now that you belong to the Lord. You think they might, but the only reason why you have those thoughts is because you're moving away from the spirit and you're getting in the flesh. And the way to just keep going on without looking back to the things of the eat to the world, the fish, the cucumbers, all the things that were beautiful is walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's what Paul teaches us in Galatians. Now, Moses said, the people among whom I, who I am or the people that I'm leading over verse 21 there's 600,000 footmen, and you have said that I will give them meat, that they may eat it for a whole month. So automatically, his, 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 his Jewishness is kicking in. The accounting man is there. He's like, hmm, man, okay. Well, I mean, how am I going to feed all of these people for 30 days with, with beef or meat? And he's like, verse 22, shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them? First choice. Will that suffice? Or shall we go back to the sea? Shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to, to suffice them or to satisfy them? So automatically, Moses here, he's, he's, in his, he's, in his, he's in his own mind thinking about how he's going to supply for all of these people. Am I going to have to take all the herds that we brought from Egypt and we're going to have to start butchering them to feed? Or are we going to have to go back to the sea? Or are we going to have to fish to feed these people? Which way is it going to be? Ooh, which way is this thing going to be tonight? So, look what the Lord says. And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? Was the Lord's arm, was his hand too short to pull me out of Tucson, Arizona? No way. His hand wasn't too short to pull you out of where you needed to be out of. How many know I was in a deep pit? And no man, no human, no family member, no counselor, no teacher, no human resources arm was long enough to pull me out of that pit. But I'll tell you whose arm was plenty, plenty long and plenty strong. The arm of the Lord. Amen. It reached way down in there and pulled me from a deep, dark place that I needed to come out of. Praise God. Can everybody say amen on that? Amen. Praise God. Now. He says here, his arm is not short. And look at verse 29. Uh, let's see, what did he do there? Where's, the, where's that? Well, I'm going to find this. Uh, where's my next verse at? Look at verse 31. And there went forth a wind from the Lord, and he brought quails from the sea and let them fall by the camp. 
Moses think, was thinking beef or fish. God was thinking quail. And it wasn't God's plan. It was foul. Just trying to see who's awake out there. All right. No. You got it? All right. All right. Now, so man was thinking beef or fish. God was thinking quail. All right. Man was thinking Jonas, Matthias. God was thinking Saul. Now, one more thing I want to show you here while we're here in Numbers 11. In verse 28, remember the 70 elders who had the spirit upon them. Joshua, the son of Nun, who was the servant of Moses, one of his young men answered and said, My Lord Moses, forbid them. Forbid them from what? Look at verse 26. Now, out of the 70 in verse 26, there remained two of the men in the camp whose name was Eldad and the name of the other was Medad. Eldad and Medad. And the spirit rested upon them, rested upon them. And they were of them that were written, but went out, but went not out of the tabernacle. And they prophesied in the camp. So out of the 70 men that had the spirit upon them, there were two people that loved the house of the Lord and decided to stay there in God's presence. They could not leave. And they prophesied in the camp. Everybody say prophesy. And then there ran a young man and told Moses that Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. So Joshua and, his, and, and the people with him, they're telling Moses, tell these guys to stop prophesying. A little spirit of envy got on them. Or maybe they were, you know, maybe they thought only they, they should be doing the prophesying. Look at verse 29. And Moses said unto him, Envious thou for my sake? In other words, are you jealous for me? Are you worried about my reputation? Like they're going to out-prophesy me or something? Or that I'm the only one that should be doing the prophesying or the preaching or the teaching? And he said, would God that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them? Would God that we all prophesy? Would God that his spirit would be upon us all? Amen. That's the Lord's heart. God's heart is that his spirit rests upon us all and that we all prophesy. Amen. And the Lord granted Moses' heart. Jesus speaking in John chapter 14. Turn with me there. Jesus speaking in John chapter 14 says this. Verse 26, say amen when you're there. John 14, 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will what? Teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. The Holy Ghost. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all flesh, upon all human beings who believe in Jesus Christ. Whether you are a young person, an old person, whether you're a female, whether you're a male, 
whether you are, you know, have a high place in society with your with stature and reputation, or whether no one knows your name. The Holy Spirit is poured out. Now, chapter 2, verse 1 of Acts says, Now, when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Everybody say, fully come. When it had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And now here we, every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Now, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Now, to understand what that means, we have to talk a little bit about one of the most amazing things in Scripture, the Jewish calendar. The Jewish calendar is, is such a neat... The thing I like about the Jewish calendar the most is it has the greatest type shadow of Jesus and his different parts of when he comes to the earth, and it is so detailed. The Jewish calendar is, is, is so accurate, so detailed and precise how it was instructed to the Jews to keep, and they were to keep it, and they still keep it today. Now, the Jewish calendar is centered around feasts. Many of you know what I'm going to say here. Some of you don't, so it's, I'm going to, you know, it bears repeating. Um, Peter said, even if somebody, you know somebody knows something, don't shy away from it because you think somebody might know it already because we all need to be reminded of the scriptures. Amen. 
And for those of you that have a desire to teach God's word, you have a desire to preach his word, when, whether you're in front of young people, whether you're in front of um, seniors, or you know, wherever you're at, I see this a lot, especially when people get in front of people that think that they already know the scriptures. They tend to fumble the word of God. And what I mean by fumble the word of God, they'll say things like, now I know you guys already know this, or, and then they don't turn to the scripture, or they'll, or they'll say, well, I better, get, I better get some scripture in here, or, you know, or I, I would go to this scripture, but you guys already know this. Let me tell you something. This Bible that you hold in your hands, this inspired word of God, whenever you get up in front of God's people, everything that is in this Bible is the most important thing you could ever say. It's the most inspired thing that will come out of your mouth is the word of God. And you should never shy away from turning up, opening up your Bibles and reading God's word. I remember, and some of you remember in a day where the word of God had utmost priority in the service. It's one of the reasons why Pastor Lonnie felt like, you know, on a Sunday morning, we're putting the pulpit back in here. We're elevating God's word. The Bible, you know, the pulpits are in high places, not because man is higher than, you know, the preachers higher than the people, but the word of God should be elevated. It should be the highest place when we come together. Amen. And no matter when you gather together or whoever you're with, whoever you're speaking to, whatever your audience is, like, like pastor, my pastor, Cletty and pastor Lonnie, pastor Cletty's the person that uh, we would consider our pastor in this area, we both were sent out on the mission field from his church. And he always tells us, when you preach, put the word of God out in front and you hide behind it. Amen? Amen. Too many people think that we've got to impress men with our cunningly devised stories and man's wisdom and neat little points and eloquent you know, sayings. No, that stuff doesn't mean anything. Don't ever be ashamed, even if you're young in the ministry, to put God's word first. Amen. Amen. If I don't do anything but get up here and just read scriptures for 45 yep. minutes, yep. as far as the Holy Spirit's concerned, that's the best thing I could have ever done. Amen. That's the way you got to approach it. Now, um, so the Jewish calendar centered around seven feasts. Now, we know that the Sabbath was celebrated what? Um, once a week, right? Sabbath was, which day of the week was the Sabbath? Friday going into Saturday, right? Now remember, according to the Jewish calendar, the day begins in the evening, doesn't it? Genesis says the evening and the morning were the first day, amen? That's where that comes from. So the Jewish day begins at sunset and finishes at sunset, all right? So... Friday to Saturday is the Passover. It starts Friday evening and it finishes Saturday evening. One full circle there. Celebrated every, every, every Sabbath once a week. Then they had the Passover. These are what is called the spring feasts. The Passover was celebrated every year on the 14th of Nisan, which is the Jewish name. We would call it April. If you was to go to a Hebrew calendar this year, Passover will, be fall, fall, will fall Wednesday, April 5th to Thursday, April 6th. That will be the Passover for, for the, Jewish, um, the Jews this year. 
Now, following the Passover, we have what's called the unleavened bread. And this is a week a feast of unleavened bread where they do not have anything with yeast in it. All right. When we take communion, that, that communion cracker, that matzah, there's no leaven in it. All right. Leaven is what all of you bakers out there, that's how bread rises. Amen. Those good, uh, you know, at Thanksgiving, we have those good Hawaiian rolls, you know, them good bread rolls. Well, that's that's got leaven in it. That's got yeast in it. You don't have that during this time. You get rid of all that for a week. All right. And that's celebrated every year right at the end of Passover. So that would be from the 15th. All right. To April 6th, it will go for a whole week. Now, there's also another feast called the first fruits. Now, the first fruits is also annual every year. And the first fruits is, is the first Sunday or the first day after Passover and the Sabbath. So you, one thing you got to understand, we know the Sabbath is every same day every week. But the Passover fluctuates depending on, you know, where it's at in the calendar. Sometimes it'll be on a Saturday. Sometimes it'll be on a Wednesday. This year, it falls from Wednesday to Thursday. So the, and we gotta, you gotta pinpoint this first fruits and it's important to do so. Passover's here, all right? Right after Passover is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, all right? Then right at wherever the next Sabbath is after Passover, the following day is where first fruits is. Now, sometimes that could be Passover and the Sabbath will be on the same day. But like this week, this time, this year, Passover falls on a Wednesday. So you have Passover on Wednesday, then the unleavened bread, Feast of Unleavened Bread starts, then you've got Sabbath, and then the following day is first fruits. First fruits falls on a Sunday every year no matter where Passover is, because Jesus was raised from the dead on first fruits. All right? And Paul talked about that. He taught us that in Corinthians when he talked about the order of resurrections. Those of you that were in our Revelation study, you remember we talked about Jesus and those that came out of the grave with him are our first fruits, or were the first fruits. Now, so that's first fruits. Then... What happens from the time of first fruits, you count seven Sabbaths or seven weeks, 49 days plus one. And that is what's called um, counting the Omer. All right. Counting the Omer. You count seven weeks plus a day. And then that is Pentecost. So 49 days plus one is 50. Then you have the Feast of Weeks. We call it. Pentecost in the New Testament, the Feast of Pentecost, all right? So you have these spring, then you have in the middle, you have Pentecost, and then you have the fall feasts, all right? And then the fall feast would be, um, what are they? The Day of Atonement, um, Feast of Trumpets, and the Feast of Tabernacles, Okay. Now, why is this important now? How, how incredible the crowds that were in Jerusalem at this time. 
There were three feasts that if you were a well-abled Jew, a male Jew, that you were required by law. You didn't have to go to every feast, but there were three that you had to attend, all right? There were three feasts that you had to attend. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, which would include Passover. The Feast of Weeks, all right, which is Pentecost. And the Feast of Tabernacles. So you've got the spring feast. Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits. Then you have the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost. Then the fall feast is the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Kippur, or Day of, Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, here's what's so cool about this. Not only do these things bring Israel together, but they're prophetic. Because Jesus Christ has fulfilled in himself all three of the spring feasts. He is the Passover lamb. Amen? He's fulfilled that. He was raised from the dead in the, first, the Feast of First Fruits. All right? And Pentecost has come, as we see in Acts chapter 2 here. All right? Now, just as Jesus fulfilled the prophecies of the feasts in spring, he will do the same for the fall feasts. All right? The Feast of Trumpets is when Jesus will come back. And he will, he, will, he will atone Israel for their sins as a nation, all right? And then the Feast of Tabernacles is when he will come and he will fulfill the Davidic covenant and he will rule and reign and Israel will have the nation and dwell in the kingdom ran by Jesus for a thousand years, all right? So these things will be fulfilled. So we know exactly when Jesus said to his disciples in chapter 1, you know, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons, all right? Well, we know some of the times and the seasons right here, according to the feast. What's he talking about? He's talking about when Jesus removes the church. We don't know when Jesus is coming back for his church. We don't know. That is still a mystery. We are still looking for him to catch the church up in the air, amen? Now, so when the day of Pentecost had fully come, when all the men, able-bodied men of Israel were in town because Deuteronomy 16, 16 says, Three times a year shall all the males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose. The Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Feast of Weeks and the Feast of Tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. In other words, bring an offering. Pastor Cletty always taught Pastor Lonnie and I, you know, when you come, don't come empty-handed. Amen? Amen. When, you don't, when you come to church, don't come empty-handed. And that's what he's telling the men of Israel here. So they were here in the Feast of Weeks because they were required by the law to be there. So that's what it means when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. Pentecost had fully come. The 50 days had passed. Now remember, how many days was Jesus with his disciples? 40 days Jesus was with his disciples. All right. How many men, according to Paul, were seen of him after he was raised from the dead? 500. How many were in the upper room? 120. All right. That's right. Exactly. 24%. Now, it says they were all in with one accord and in one place. 
What a place to be one accord. Amen. We're all in one accord in one place. That's why we sing songs. We all play one accord. Man, I'm just not funny tonight, am I? But that is why we sing together. Because we all sing the same key, the same pitch, the band. You know, Rick's not playing a different chord I'm playing. We play a harmony and we sing in harmony because worship, praise and worship, is what brings us all together in one accord. Amen? It brings us together. And we meet in one place. That's why live stream is okay, but it is a really bad substitute. It's a bad substitute. Why? Because we're not in one place. And if you're not in one place, you can't be in one chord. If you're not in one place, you can't be in one chord. You got to be together. Now, many commentators believe because of the size of the people that heard them, that perhaps maybe they were in a room in the temple or maybe in the upper room. It really doesn't matter, but you'll find that as you study and you read different you know, teachers that you'll see that some people believe that maybe they were in the temple when this happened. Some people believe that they were in the upper room. It says, there came a sound of heaven from a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And it appeared unto them cloven tongues, and cloven tongues sat upon each of them. When the Holy Spirit fell, it wasn't just for a select few. Everybody had a name, everybody had a flame. You've got a name, you've got a flame, amen? Amen. God's got a flame for your name. Your flame is not my flame. Your flame is your flame. It belongs to you, amen? Amen. And you need to seek the Lord, and you need to burn for Jesus. We all got to burn for Jesus. We all got to be on fire for him. We all got to walk in according to how he has got us walking, amen? He's got a call on your life. Now, we'll get into the rest of this, verse 4, next week. I'm out of time, and I'd just like to thank Pastor Lonnie, and I hope you guys got something out of that tonight. Amen? God bless you guys.